Josh. Tell me if you're all right. Because everything is all right. What's wrong, Josh? What's going on? I have COVID. <laughs> I didn't know if you want to actually put that in the episode. But... Yeah, I don't care. That sucks. I tweeted it. Oh, you did? Yeah. You know what? Uh, like, especially on topic here. Um, if Motion City hadn't have canceled this show, I wouldn't have been able to go and I wouldn't have been able to do anything about it. And I would have lost money on the tickets because I would have had COVID. But they did cancel the show. They did. But and we bought merch. And I saw that if you bought merch, you're in a drawing to have Justin video chat you. And if that happens, you have to like re-edit the video and just put it out with him talking to you. Okay. Part two. Well, I have to get all the people that we bought tickets together on, on the all on the Zoom call together. Oh, that's true. How know. many people did you have? Uh, it was me and you and Tab and then uh, Mike and Shelby and Doug and Jess. Holy and shit. Never ended up, was working on uh, finding someone for that eighth ticket when, um, you know, it was like, uh oh. Did you find out if they're reimbursing or rescheduling? No, I haven't seen any news, and I I don't think I've gotten any emails or anything either, so I don't know. Well, speaking of Motion City Soundtrack, that's what we're doing this episode on, listeners. Commit this to memory. Yeah, uh, the tour that we were supposed to go to was the <laughs> 17th anniversary tour, which I think they're doing that because... Uh, the 15th anniversary tour was going on in, you know, the early winter of 2020 and right before COVID. And I, I want to say that although we saw them, uh, they played Detroit in January of that year. We ended up not, um, I don't think they ended up finishing that tour. And so I think that might've been what they were doing. Like instead of just finishing the tour, they said, oh, we're just going to do a whole new tour. Yeah. So. I'm excited yeah. for that poster. Yeah. Yeah. So we did support the band and bought some merch to tide us over. It's pretty cool. I have I have several Motion City lithograph or like tour specific, venue specific posters. I could probably do a whole like art Motion collection. City wall. Yeah. So this is a band we both love, Josh, like deeply both love yeah um we've seen them want, together many times well we yes we have seen them together many times and i think um i'm pretty sure that the first time i ever saw them um unless i and i they they might have played warp tour the first year i went and i can't say that i didn't catch like a song or two but i had no idea like i didn't i wasn't familiar with them <clears throat> the first time i ever saw them was um march 15th 20 or uh 2005 on the epitaph tour and i know that you were at that with me yeah i was um and your hair was two different colors or maybe three and we both had our nails done uh painted and our and guy liner on pretty sure 
Oh, um, probably. And I also I've I've seen the pictures recently enough. Uh, well, they're seared into my memory. I had one of those like very of its time white hoodie with like black and and red writing on it fall boy hoodie of some sort yeah i was so cool such a poser (laughs) (laughs) no i've only been go i had only been going to shows for like a few months at that point maybe like maybe a year tops so yeah and that was actually that tour was either i think it was just after they finished recording this album but before it was released. Yeah. So very cool. And I've actually ended I've seen them nineteen or twenty times now. I've, I've had to have seen them close to that now too. Yeah, I saw I mean I saw them every time they came to town since then, sometimes more than once in a year. Except for there was one year where they didn't do a formal tour and somehow they played the loving touch. And I didn't go. Is that your biggest regret? No, it just kills my stat of coming every time, seeing them every time they came to Detroit or came to Michigan. I didn't see their last Detroit show before their breakup either because there was something else on the same day. I can't remember what. And uh, but I did see them in Cleveland and then also in Grand Rapids on that tour. So did you go to the train station tour? Did I go to the, uh, the, um, it was Justin playing just like random yeah, spots. Yeah. They and played. And I regretted not going. He was in Hamtramck. He, Did you well, go to that? He, so he, he played, it wasn't, it, what he, no, he played. We all met up. It was him and the hard lessons. And we met up on the Greek town, uh, people mover station. And they played some songs on there. And then we got on the train, and they played some songs on the train, and then we got kicked off the train by the Detroit PD. There's actually a video of it on, uh, of some of it online, and you can hear me in between. Uh, some of it say someone yell, "I love Coco," and that was me. Um, <laughs> and uh, oh, I was trying to remember what that uh, along the dinosaur trail. Yeah, because it was my dinosaur life, but the band right. couldn't do it or something. Yeah, and I remember. Um, I had this was back in the days when it was like cool to have like a famous person like call somebody. Yeah, and I remember I had Justin. I had Justin call my sister, who didn't answer, and then I had Coco call KDP, who didn't answer, and I and I I I feel like at that time KDP like didn't have a voicemail or something, and it's 2005. Who knows what people had? I don't think I even had unlimited texting yet. And I remember like talking to her later and being like, yeah, that was Coco from the hard lessons calling you. And she's like, what? You know, and then I show like show, show her the pictures and big regrets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that, that was, uh, and, I uh, that not going, I had Keith, no excuse. I just didn't want to drive up to Hamtramck. Keith was there. Who? Um, who, was in Stereo Addiction. Oh, Keith. Keith. Oh, they said Heath. And I was like, no, who's Heath? Keith. Yeah, it was weird. I was like, and that was obviously after he was in some other band at that point. Violets for Verona. I don't know why that name just came into my brain, but 
So many people were in that band. I was in that band for a brief stint. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting times. And, and, the, and Motion City is also um, a shared favorite band with KDP and I. And then also uh, that's talking about music, but especially talking about Motion City soundtrack is the thing that uh, got Tab and I connected when we first started like talking online. Um, and we've we've uh, her and I in a, in the short amount of time that we've been together. We've been together for a while now, but we've not very much of that time that we've been together have motion city been active and we've seen them several times in that span too so because they they broke up or went on hiatus in 2016 yeah for four years yeah um that's i mean that's pretty much personal history uh i will say it's interesting to say that i remember back when i went to the epitaph tour i was totally going because I loved matchbook romance and um, I didn't really know Motion City and I remember a girl uh, you you uh, you sh- you showed them to me or tried to get me into them but uh, I remember like a, a girl in my dorm came in clutch and like had their CD like ready for me to burn or whatever or, like something and I remember like listening to it in my dorm and being like I don't like this guy's voice I don't know you were a damn fool at that time yeah i learned i've learned (laughs) yeah i have a very specific memory of you singing modern chemistry which isn't on this album but in in hot topic for some reason and doing a little your little sway danny dance that you do it's one of it's one of your many moves i got so many sick moves yeah you better call doctor I'm trying to look up. There was a concert, and I think it was Copeland and Lydia and Motion City Soundtrack that I went to down in Ohio. I think that was... No, it was the Hush Sound. It was great. But I got stuck up by the speaker, and then someone just told me to sit on the speaker. So I was sitting on the speaker next to the stage just watching them, and it was my favorite time ever watching them. So cool. Just sitting on the speaker on the stage. There's like a small venue. That's cool. I I think my favorite time was when we like we went to the intersection to see them play, and we thought it was gonna be the last time we'd see them play. And we paid for the, like the meet and greet thing, and they did like a little show, like a couple songs for us beforehand too, and um. Tab and I were standing like right in the front of the group of people and I was wearing my Ghostbusters ghost parody shirt with like a little papa coming through the 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 no you know the the no sign and like mid them talking between the songs they uh they were like is that a ghost shirt and then they started talking about how much they like ghost for like five minutes and I you know (laughs) you know me like my t-shirts are important so you know and it was matt it was matt taylor who's the bassist who was like 
that's a cool shirt like da 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 and got them like talking about ghosts and then um i like pulled him aside and said something about like i'm a i have like a t-shirt problem and so for like someone from my favorite band to compliment my t-shirt is, is really cool and then uh we were on his side of the stage and he like at the end of the show he made eye contact with me he put a pick in his hand and then folded it like in with the tape on the set list and handed it all to me like over a girl that was in front of me and i was like oh hell yeah made like a little base basis to future bassist connection there remember when they played all their albums yes that was i said that's a close number two that was a fun show we went yeah. to two nights of it yes yeah, I remember we were we were separated. We were, weren't together the first, I think the first night, but then the second night we were all up top together and uh singing along, having a blast. It's that was back in the before they wouldn't let you up top without paying. Stupid clutch so, or no. Yeah. So yeah, we're pretty big Motion City fans. I have the dinosaur from Dinosaur Life tattooed on my arm. That's pretty sweet. So you know, <laughs> need to step up my tattoo game. Get a motion. You get a motion city some, one, some sort. Get the one that I made for this album art <laughs> or this episode art tattoo. I don't know about all that. Is I, I, the rent sends on my head though? That's cool. I know. So, I thought you'd notice. It's all Detroit city or buildings. Well, yeah, I noticed the the uh, water tower with the Andre Obey thing too. Yeah, very cool. I'm excited to unleash that on the world. Haha. <laughs> All right, let's get into this, right? Or no stats? I want stats, Josh. Um, stats, stats, stats. I, so I have a ton of like background info. I thought we just did that. Well, no, not our background info. Their background oh. info. So let me. I'll pick through it a little bit. So this is their second studio album. It's on Epitaph Records. Uh, it was released on June seventh, two thousand and five. It was produced by Mark Hoppus of Blink One Eighty Two. Um, they met, uh, so Mark had heard about, uh, them from an employee at Atticus and he enjoyed them so much that he talked about them in a Rolling Stone interview and invited them to, to open for Blink. So they played on a European tour with Blink and then he became really good friends with them pretty quickly. And, um, towards the end of the tour or on the last night of the tour, was it on the last night? Yeah, final show of the tour, uh, Josh Kane actually asked him to produce their next record, and he um, agreed. Oh, and I meant to uh, point out that he was, like, interested in producing but hadn't produced yet but was, like, amassing gear to maybe start dabbling. And uh, so they asked him, um, and he said yes. Uh, okay, what else do we got here? This, everything is all right, was uh, gold uh single and they've sold like half a million albums um pretty good for the kind of album this is it's not yeah. um uh, you know it's not a blink record or something it's uh they're they were like they're they're that band that like got as big as they could for the scene without actually like breaking all the way through i feel like and then maybe they like peaked peaked into the mainstream a little bit which i i've never understood um yeah i think they like don't get me wrong for any all-time low fans out there because i like all-time low but i think motion city are better songwriters and their songs are catchier and more fun i don't understand how all-time low got as big as they are 
Well, and I would say that all time lows so- songs have less diversity. Yeah. In sound. Uh, but I like all time low. I don't want fans of all time low to freak out. Over I don't that. get mad. I like all time low. <laughs> I like their early stuff a lot. And then I like their newest album a lot. I don't dislike stuff. them, but I don't really care about them. I'm too old. I mean, they were also very popular back in our day. Mm, were they? Yeah. Were they, though? Yes. <laughs> I don't I don't believe you. Uh, um, it sold 16,000 copies in its opening week. Um, it debuted on the Billboard Top 200 in the 72nd position. And um, it's peaked at number two on the independent albums list that's what i was looking for um yeah that's so that's the stat stats uh this this is kind of cool um this is the first album to feature material crafted by each musician in the group uh previous releases featured songs written years prior uh not by like all of the members that are in the band at that point and kind of like had the time and money to go in and record an album and not like record stuff piecemeal and then put it together later. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Uh, it was recorded at CD Underbelly Studios in LA. Uh, well, they started recording it. I take that back. They started recording it in Minneapolis at the Dungeon, um, which is their recording space, um, or rehearsal and recording space, uh, that, um, was nicknamed the dungeon because it sucked the life and energy out of the band. <laughs> um, but this also came right at a time when Justin was trying to seek treatment for his alcohol abuse. And um, so while they were writing, he he left um, and went to Los Angeles where he moved in with Epitaph founder Brett uh, Gerwitz. Am I saying that name right? I, I think so. The guy okay. from Bad Religion? Sure. Oh, okay. I don't know any of the members of Bad Religion. You could, you could, you could Google that. I don't know. Um, and he became, became, uh, began attending AA meetings, um, and then a little bit later, uh, they they joined him in LA and they be- began re- recording demos at uh, CD Underbelly Studios. Um, and it seemed like that was a good thing for them. Um, and I guess they got in trouble with, like, they were in, like, a suburban area and cops getting called on them for being too loud or uh, Mark, like, taking a drum machine outside to work on a part late at night, like, all sorts <laughs> of weird stuff like that. Um, and uh, lastly, I'll just say uh, there was some, I found some notes about, like, Mark's uh, producing style. And uh says that he was, like, not super hands-on, but he was, like, not hands-on and hands-on at the same time. Like, he gave a lot of suggestions, but he also didn't want to, like, he wanted the band to do what felt right for them. So he wasn't, like, super demanding with it. He was, like, he would give them ideas, he would make suggestions, and they would be free to go with it or not go with it. So, and cool. um he wanted to make sure that it was like their thing and you know there's a there's a note in here about like him telling them 
you know, your name's real big on the front, my name's real small on the back, you know, this is your record kind of thing. So that's cool. And I think that for the most part is the end of my um rap sheet. Rap sheet here. Woo. Oh, one more thing. Uh Justin said that this this album was written like half drunk and half sober and that when he was writing uh when he was drunk and lonely um that uh he's in a sad lonely place and the words just kind of came out and then were not substan- uh substantially revised after that so um and then that he was listening to uh the 2003 album reconstruction site by the weaker thens and um was inspired by the songwriting of uh john k sampson who's the front man of that band okay i like the weaker thens i've heard of them track one attractive today What a banger of an opener that really highlights everyone's skills right out the fucking door. Do you agree? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I think this is a great way to to start out an album. Like, hits you real hard. I don't know why, but for the longest time, I always thought he said, I am wrecked, I'm overwhelmed. Not overblown. And now it's, like, stuck in my head when I'm singing along that I say overwhelmed. I'm like, ah, oh, it's overblown. I've learned in the last few years um, that there's a lot of Motion City lyrics that I was saying wrong. (laughs) Yeah, but you can even hear Overblown. I just, for some reason, always thought it was overwhelmed. Maybe he said it live once. I don't know. Could be. Could be. I remember times where he forgot the lyrics. (laughs) It's a quick little self-deprecating song with hints of alcoholism and reluctance to change. It's only a minute and 42 seconds. Would you consider that an intro or a song? I mean, no, it's a song. I just meant it's like an intro to the album. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Said, I'm just like... I said it's a quick song, but it hits really well, so I don't care that it's short. <laughs> um, and this is one of the songs that he listed as being written while drunk and in a sad, lonely place, which I feel like. I could yeah. definitely see that. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else on it? No, I mean it. I think we covered it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, track two. Everything is all right. I was wondering if you're going to let the the song kick in or not. I'm going to cut a little bit of the drums at the beginning of that. and Yeah. Like right where he starts talking. This song always reminds me of that. This is fine, dog. The meme. Yeah. Like this this yeah. is fine. <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, this is like their breakout hit. Yeah. Which is crazy because, I don't know, there's so many good songs on their first album. Yeah, this is a breakout hit, and you know, Future freaks me out, and 
my favorite accident are like the cult hits. And red dress. I don't know why, but I feel like everyone loves. I love the red dress. I love the red dress. <laughs> if you were gonna say anything there, it's. So, I think it's. I like the red dress. That's why. Whatever. It's just an awesome song about fighting. Well, what I think it is, it's about fighting depression and anxiety that surrounds you. The Richard Patrick Stump is perfect with that overlapping and call, the call and return style singing. Yeah. That simple but effective drum section just before the bridge always makes me smile. Well, I, I love all the, the. I think Tony really shines on this song. Um, well, the whole album. I don't know how, like all those fills he do, does and stuff, especially at the beginning. I don't know, like, if those are difficult, but I love the way it's arranged. Um, and this, yeah, so this song's about his OCD, um, you know, utilizing social anxiety and fears um, to write the song. And then it's kind of like a, everything is all right. It's like a pep talk to himself. And he's listing all the, all the things that, you know, genuinely dislike uh, and give him anxiety. Uh, the Patrick part, which I also love, is kind of is a callback to Justin being on doing a similar type of thing on Chicago so two years ago on Fall Boys uh, 2003's Take This to Your Grave. So How did pretty, they meet? Uh, both being in the Midwest and touring probably around the same time. So I just feel like they both really started getting their up and coming at the same time and both their first or fall boys first album has them well i mean they have what's fall boys first first album like tell your girlfriend or yeah i don't really count that one it was still their album like you know when a band's starting out they don't like it it was uh it was rushed it was like all recorded in like a really short period of time um but yeah i mean this in this album and sugar we're going down came out like one after another and uh they're both hitting prominence at the same time this uh they actually toured together right after this album with uh story no uh starting line and panic the disco the nintendo fusion tour that would have been an awesome tour to see at the time yeah I think uh, Boys Night Out was on it too. Ooh, do you like Boys Night Out? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I might know a song of theirs. I went to both the Detroit and Grand, Grand Rapids shows on that tour. That was in the that was in the throes of my like I am the biggest Fallout Boy fan in the world. Yeah. So, um, but uh. Yeah, this is the big this is the big hit. And this is the only Motion City soundtrack song I know how to play on the bass. <laughs> One of, you know, like Did you guys play it at New Year's? I know how to play on the bass. Huh? Did you guys play it at New Year's? We did. Ah. Would have been cool to see that show. <laughs> There's some clips online. Yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Track three, when you're around. Oh, that's my cue. (laughs) 
No lyrics for you. Midwest love affair. Ooh, sorry. Jesse's synths on this track are ooh, spicy yeah. good. Spicy good. Fantastic self-reflection or reflecting song on being drunk and not liking who you are in that moment. Sober self talking to drunk self in this song. Looking in the the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at yourself like, what the fuck, dude? I love the way this sounds or I love the way it sounds when he harmonizes with himself in the outro. So good. I love when a guy, someone harmonizes with themselves when they have good voices. Remember when you didn't like his voice? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Crazy. His voice is butter. Uh, and this song was actually also there's acoustic version of this song on a split with Matchbook Romance. I have and that. I have that on vinyl. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's a good. I, I, I don't. Uh, I love all these songs. Some of them I didn't love as much in 2005 um i will say it took me some time not a lot of time but i definitely during this period was much more a fan of your high energy motion city songs wasn't as big of a fan of the mellow songs and so this album is the start of a trend of more mellow songs on the album, which yeah. I think really culminates on even if it kills me. There's like, there might even be more mellow songs on that one than there are, like the that that might be High energy songs most mellow. I don't maybe go, but I'm yeah. It's interesting because now even if it kills me is my favorite album, but at the time I was like, I think it's just because everything about them I equated to like. The show experience and obviously like you go to show fun upbeat fast songs is yeah where it's at so and i remember seeing them live and i liked hello helicopter but seeing it live i was like this is one of their best songs just yeah. the way he does it live Ooh, so good yeah but yeah and also i love the chorus in this song it's such a fun sing-along because all i can do is close my eyes and cross my arms and hope to die because you don't fucking listen oh so good he's such a good lyricist yeah yes it's he's a poet and he doesn't even know it he knows it he knows it <laughs> their their new merch it's like I, and i don't even know where it came from they're like I, I bought. I literally bought a shirt that says, "It has a, the Moog on it and says, you know who the fuck we are.'" And I was like, "Yeah, what is that even from?" Like, I don't remember that ever being a tagline for them. I but... feel like that's what he started saying at the beginning of shows. Like, they just uh-huh. come out and like, "You know who the fuck we are." Okay, maybe. maybe. I feel like I've heard it before though. Could be. Could be. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Track four resolution. the universe but she messes with my words I'm not talking planets or galaxies and the distance just makes it worse I know what you're thinking and this probably sounds rehearsed but <laughs> <laughs> the song's beautiful I yeah. took the... oh go ahead. go ahead no you go ahead no I've been starting them all I want to hear what you have to say 
this uh this is our first of a couple uh, New Year's songs, which has led people to label this a winter album, which Justin agrees with. Um, especially if you're, you know, in the Midwest. Season, yeah, seasonal de- depression piece, you know, of uh, sad songs during the shortest time of year, no sun. Um, so. This is a song about like breakups due to his, you know, personal problems. And to me, like the rehearse piece is like, is he in a cycle of these kind of issues with people or with women that it, like all of these words just feel rehearsed to him now? It's like he's so used to it. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's that's what I so I could see I love I love the instrumental breakdown in this song. I just wrote, poor Justin. Like, this sounds like a huge breakup fight on New Year's Eve and a shitty way to start a new year. <laughs> yeah. New year, new me. Ugh. Although I will say, uh, I've learned through the research uh, for this that these songs aren't as autobiographical as they sound. Okay. So don't, well, that's good. I mean, feel bad for him. He's been through a lot, but you know, it's, it's also that thing though. Like we get to it, but but like, if he didn't have an alcohol abuse problem, would he have written all these amazing songs? But you also don't want your artist to be tortured. But you know, tortured artists can make some of the best work. It's yeah, catch twenty two. Well, Justin seems pretty happy now, so I'm yeah. really glad that he's in a good place. If he ever wants to come on our podcast and talk about his happiness, he's more than welcome. Anytime. <laughs> Just like Mark Hoppus talked about you in Rolling Stone, I'm talking about you on here, and Chris Caraba send it out. Remind him, we don't know shit, but yeah, you have a good time. I'm going to make it happen. That's my That's my overarching goal. We don't get any other guest ever, but we get Justin on. I've succeeded. We can stop podcasting after that. <laughs> We've made it. This will be our last episode. Welcome to the pod, Justin. <laughs> Track uh, five, Feel Like Rain. Did you say anything about that song? Yeah. I can't remember now. Okay. I'm losing my mind. COVID. Um, I'm just going to blame everything on that now. Like three <laughs> weeks from now, we oh, COVID. Actually, I shouldn't do that because people get long COVID. That's insensitive. Track five, Feel Like Rain. Feels like rain. Stale relationship. Want to make a change, but too afraid to risk it. Living in your comfort. That's what I get. That's what I get out of this song. <laughs> Let's see. Did I have anything different? This is one of my favorite songs to sing along to on this album. Just the flow of it is perfect and sad, but also bouncy. You know what I mean? Like, it's a sad song, but you like bop your head to it. Yeah, no, they did a good. It's like this weird mid tempo where it feels like a slow song, but it kind of feels upbeat at the same time. It's like kind of strange. Yeah. 
I think it's about feeling stuck and trapped in the same boring routine with someone. I'm assuming a relationship, being afraid to make any changes. I love the guitar rhythm in this song. Oh, yeah. It is awesome. This whole album's just awesome. Just start it. Let everyone know now there's not going to be a bad track to talk about. I'm going to make you pick. I mean, we got to pick like our least favorite track, though. Ooh. <coughs> Excuse me. I will. I'll figure that out. <laughs> Um, I love the, the chorus, like the, I love that what they say, but I also love just the melody too. I love the, the, the want, 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 it's so good. Yeah. That's all I got. Feel like rain. I feel like I love this song. <laughs> Track motion, six. Uh, motion city circle jerk. Track six. Make out kids. They carve the message deep within a broken heart that failed to man. Make out kids never had a chance to be best friends. Vibin. Ah, song about ruining a great friendship by making it sexual. We've all lived there in our 20s. Maybe not so much in my 30s, but in my 20s, definitely. It's a freaking jam of a song about, you know, the debate of can you go back to being friends after it getting uh, frisky? You know, you can't have friends with benefits. I've never gotten frisky with a friend. I've let my unrequited love be known and then <laughs> that way same just not as progressed i uh, i've never it was always ruining it by getting sexual for me well you got a little bit more game off the launch pad there apparently <laughs> i love that everyone has a part in the song that shines that's in the band yeah like there's a sick bass line there's beautiful guitar parts the drums are always fucking killer the synth part, I don't know if I already said Jesse's synth part, but and then, of course, the lyrics and the singing. It's just like uh, some of the best drumming. That's my next note. <laughs> and the bass and the verses, that's the bass that shines. Plus, we get claps. Who doesn't love claps in a song? Oh, man. What, you don't like claps in a song? No, I do. I was just was trying to think of something funny to say. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Kane, we nailed it on the head though. He said, Joshua Kane said, Make out kids were what I always thought of meeting someone and making out and realizing, oh my gosh, you have so much in common. Um, and then the state of making out with that person and it ruins everything. Like this doesn't work out and that now that's ruined too. Great. Just realizing that you're not compatible in that way, but you can't go back from that either. Yeah. And it feels like rain. So I good. Song, sir. What? That's oh yeah. Sorry, I was re- listening to "Feels Like Rain." <laughs> Jesus. Make out, kids. My bad. Uh, All right. Oh uh, yeah. This, yeah. This is the uh, hooray for the madness. Oh, I love it. Yeah. 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 What? That, the, it's, I love the <laughs> the. the <laughs> you're not going to the next song yet. Uh, okay. The the chorus on this is like. It like amps into this like wild chorus that's like loud and obnoxious. 
Whereas the rest of the song is kind of just like, you know, nerdy. There. This it's there. might be controversial, but I think Makeout Kids as a song structure is better than Everything Is All Right. And Everything Is All Right obviously has way more plays. Both amazing songs, of course. Yeah. All right, you can go to the next song now. <laughs> Track seven, Time Turn Fragile. Uh-oh. Damn, the song starts wild. And then I love that at a minute and 40 seconds, it drops down to this, like, muted vocals, muted guitar, and, like, it, until it picks back up. But it's just so awesome, like, the way the song, like, flows. This is my favorite song on the album. I love this even more now after doing research, because I knew, I always had a feeling, I thought it was, like, up from him to, like, his future kids or something. Yeah. But about his his dad it's from his dad's perspective yeah and his dad didn't even know he was writing it which is really cute yeah um yeah i, I mean and i've always loved it because it's like an upbeat like moog heavy song and i yeah i love the middle part and then the way it, it changes at the end like it's 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 long and it's it's got like multiple parts it's it's i'm yeah i love it i'm glad that they I'm glad I've been able to see it live several times, too. Um, I have a quote from Justin about writing the song. He said, uh, I was trying to write the song from the point of view of my dad saying leave, but I didn't ask him. Um, I just did it. Um, my dad used to always tell me things th- through my life. He'd be like, hey, Jay, it might not make sense to you now, but take what I'm saying and put it in your back pocket. Pull it out later in life and it it might make sense to you. For some reason, I did that. I don't know why, but it's just crazy. All of the things he told me growing up became true. Time speeds up exponentially. When you're a kid, it takes forever. When you're an adult, years go by like that. Um, I was just writing from the point of view of a dad watching his kids grow up. Those were things he was thinking about, and I did listen to a lot of metal. Now, his dad's alive, right? Because the end of the song makes me feel really sad, but I thought I read something that... His dad enjoyed the song, so I don't know. I am not sure if his dad is alive or not. Um, I do know that um, this one of the suggestions that Mark Hoppus made was to take two unrelated songs, a slower, softer song, and a pulsing drum track, and put them into one song, and that song ended up becoming this song. Um, and then... Time Turned Fragile is lifted from a lyric in Limbeck's Julia. Or Limbeck? Limbeck, Lim- Limbeck yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Can you go to a certain part in this song? <clears throat> yeah. Go to 2 minutes and 30 seconds. I just want to talk about my favorite drum loop or drums drumming that he has ever done on any album. Just want to point out the drums in this part. I need more drums. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just so good, and it's a sick buildup. And then it gets all slow again for a second. Oh. Yeah. When I say I love the middle part, that's what I was talking about. And he, he does a little like, I can't hear you. Well, I can't uh, hit that note, but, you know, very pretty. Very pretty. Anything else on this jam? Nope, that's it. Trek 8 LG FAU. Wait, let's just say it. Let's get fucked up and die. LG FUAD. Yeah. <laughs> um, this song grew out of a... Ni- Wait. Oh. <laughs> Let's get fucked up and die. I'm speaking figuratively, of course, like the last time that I committed suicide. Social suicide. Yes. There you go. So we're this saying- song uh, grew out of a night on Motion City's 2003 UK tour with the All American Rejects, in which. Their, the band's merchandise manager was severely inebriated. He stood on the merchandise stand and shouted what became the song's refrain. refrain. Uh, all involved thought it found great humor in the mantra and went on to uh, print business cards with that on it. <laughs> also know that Adrian College was looking to book Motion City at one point for one of their, like, end of the year shows i feel like and i remember I, that someone in the admin heard this song and said no 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 so this is you know there's like iconic party songs like this is a true emo party song even if it is a very dark concept like you play this at an emo party people are jamming well it's like a let's get drunk song but it's also like a let's get drunk i'm gonna pretend everything's okay <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> and I love the fucking beautiful guitar picking once the song gets going after the like I think it's the second verse. <sighs> Just beautiful. I will say I'm gonna say it now to get it out of the way. This is my least favorite song on the album, only because when I put on any playlist with this on it at work, I have to run over and turn it off because we don't mind some swearing in songs, but this is just like a yeah, this is not a work appropriate song. <laughs> I mean not. So that's why. That's the only reason, because I have no other reason to give anything else on here a bad. Uh, yeah, this is like the one song. I yeah, same same thing. A lot of the other ones where there's like some swearing or something, it's like a little bit more hidden. But this is like right there. <laughs> people don't realize the die the dying part isn't about actually dying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not editing out the coughs, COVID. Okay. All right, track nine. Better open the door. That baseline's dirty right there. When he first comes in singing. <laughs> yeah. 
better open the door. This was on the Epitaph sampler that I either had going into or got at the Epitaph tour show. But I feel like I already knew this song when we saw them. I mean, so maybe I got it at the Orb tour or something. I don't know. Um, hold on, I'm looking it up real quick. Because this was on one of the Punkoramas before the album dropped. And I remember losing my shit. Like, oh, this is what they're going to sound like on their next album. You know what I mean? Like, when you figure that out. Yeah. Oh, which one was it on? Oh, I can't find it. Whatever. <clears throat> Let me see if I can. So, an eight, they did Don't Call to Come Back, but that was off. So, I thought it was nine. No, that was When You're Around. Maybe it's the same sampler you were talking about. Well, the sampler, okay, so the sampler. Yeah, I think it was a sampler. Is a Epitaph Tour sampler. So I wouldn't have had that before the show, something we got at the show. Yeah. Anyways, let's get into this song. <laughs> Five bucks. Five dollars. Come to the I do show. remember it was the intro to this album for me. Like I heard it before. I heard it before the album came out. Stop that. Uh, Four dollars. Another. You bastard. Another song about, you know, drinking and how it affects people around him in his life. I'm going to isolate. I know where that video is. I'm going to isolate the. I'm just going to put oh, like, you saying four dollars from <laughs> 2008 or whatever that was. Okay. <laughs> $4. The CD, amazing Christmas gift. Four dollars. Wait. $4. Wait. $4. $4. $4. I won't post the link to the video. That's fine. Okay. You remember the opening to this song because what'd you say? Say what? You said something about you remember the opening to the intro to the song because it's. Oh, no. I mean, this was the opening to the album for me because I heard this before the album came out. Yeah. I got so excited. Uh, Maybe that it, it must have been that, oh, we're going to play a couple of new songs. And then this was on the sampler. And we probably listened to it on the car in the car or something. Yeah. So, you know how he lists a bunch of different people? Yeah. In the song. The only real person is Matt. What? Yeah. Oh, I kind of thought they were all just people he knew, but he kind of, of he sometimes names are for like alliteration, and then sometimes names are like he will take several different things that reference a name and put it into one or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, the only real person is Matt. So, any other thoughts on it? But, uh. This might be my least favorite song on the album. What? This is a great song. I'm not saying it's not a great song. It's an album of great songs. I'm just That's saying true. if I had to pick one, this might be the one. When he says, uh, well, I can't, I'm not listening to it, so I can't remember, like, when they make fun of my breakdancing. Like, yeah. I always love that part. And when he ever he plays it live, he does a little, like, breakdance thing by the mic. Or he used to. Maybe he's too old for that now. 
Frank fails to see the humor in my sad attempts at breakdancing in every bar along Lindell Avenue. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the line. That's it, Josh. <laughs> Maybe it's not my least favorite song. I don't know. I know it's hard. I also went backwards. Yeah, you said it, though. This is another song about his alcoholism and dealing with it. Track like 10. Bird. Together we'll this ring in the new years. This must be it. Welcome to the new year. The drinks were consumed. The plants were destroyed. And the hors d'oeuvres dismantled. Those poor hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> this song is about being over the party scene. And, you know, in my 20s, I didn't see that. I was like, whatever. But nowadays, looking back on the parties I went to in my college days and, you know, band days, no, that is not anything that sounds fun to me. I I, I can see why you'd say that. The way I don't have a, a I don't have a official uh, definition. I was thinking it was about like feeling loneliness and isolation even when you're at something where you're not supposed to feel that. Okay. And I, I also that, that little part at the end, like damage control, there's a ring around her fingers, like uh maybe like uh having regrets about a past relationship and oh nope, it's too late. She's engaged. <laughs> also another great New Year's song. Yeah. New Year's. This is a great album to listen to the first week of January and the second week. And New always. Year's, same pod. Yeah. Uh, this title, Together We'll Ring in the New Year, was pulled from the Tom Waits song, Please Wake Me Up. Oh. Look at you finding all this fancy stuff. Well, we we keep doing albums that don't have any back info to, that's able to find, and I was like excited that there was a little bit of stuff on this one. Are right, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Track eleven, the Mark Hoppus song. I mean, Hangman. With brilliant luck and sometimes a bright idea So shower me in a chorus of compliments And verse I don't deserve I might run, but I'll never hide Had to put it in there. Yeah. This might be, if not my favorite, my second favorite song on the album. I don't know what it's about, though. I... That was my next note. I have no idea what the song is about. I've like I tried I've, to break it down. I was like, I don't know what it's about. I I if you I love get Mark to interview him, find out what Hangman is about. First question, Justin. What is Hangman about? <laughs> he says, ask Mark. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what the song is about. I can sing along with it, but I don't know what its meaning is. I remember fangirling over the fact that they had Mark Hoppus on a song. Oh, yeah, me too. I think that's what made me love this song automatically, but then overall, I just love the whole song. Yeah. 
This was back when Mark Hoppus on a song could make you automatically love it. Remember actually, those days back I, when Mark Hoppus and when Travis Barker would actually be on albums? You're like, wow. Well, Travis Barker's on a lot of stuff. Travis Barker's on everything. Now if Travis Barker's on something, I'm like, ah, oh, I might be too old to listen to this. <laughs> I get weirded out when there's like a, a new song that Travis Barker's not on. I'm like, yeah. what? Who is this? They couldn't get Travis Barker. He's busy doing other stuff. <laughs> He's doing everybody's stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a wonderful song. Ugh. And he, and they sing the name of the album. Yeah, this is kind of like the title track. Yeah. <laughs> it still, the, 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 doesn't give me anything. Like I have no idea what this song is about. God damn it! You'll always remember it because you commit it to memory. Are we the hangmen then? Are we the... It's not our fault. <sighs> All right. Track 12. Guys. I said it yeah, earlier. We don't, know, we don't know shit. And if you know what hangman is about, please message us. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or any of those stuffs. Yeah. Track 12, Hold Me Down. I love this song so much. Oh, no. I'm supposed to, talk, I'm supposed to play it. <laughs> Motherfucker. I found a letter that said, I'm sorry that you were asleep when I wrote these words down. You'd think I ought to be used to that by now. Hold on, I want to put the. I know I didn't do this for any other song, but I want to put the chorus. Do what you want. In here, because I love the chorus so much. The laziness of afternoon You're the reason why I burst and wipe How will I break the news to you? How will I break the news to you? So beautiful and sad. It is. It is. A beautiful breakup song, incredible lyrics, some of the best lyrics, even though he's an incredible lyricist all the way around. Wow. It's so sad. Even the way he sings, it breaks your heart. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Hold Me Down was inspired by a former roommate of Pierre's. After she had moved out, Pierre found a... a portion of her math homework in a couch cushion, leading him to imagining a scenario of finding a letter from a departed lover. Oh, dang. It's not It's not a real situation. Oh, okay. No, that's not saying I'm like, I'm happy that he didn't go through something like this. Like, it's not a completely autobiographical song. But I'm also like, oh, it's like less sad. Knowing it's not as real as I thought it was. No, nah, it's still beautifully, beautiful and sad. No, I know. I still love it. Um, yeah. Uh, and then when I was telling you before about names, so the lyric 
cancel our dinner with Max and Caroline, feed Jackie's gerbil, and try to stay clean. Uh, he said, my sister's name is Jackie, and she had a hamster. Her sister was living, my sister was living with me. For some reason, the hamster just showed up, and we had to take care of it for a couple months. As for Max and Coraline, Coraline, the book had just come out, and I really liked it, and I was trying to think of a couple, and like, oh, we have dinner plans with the couple, and Max was just one of my favorite names. I think of where the wild things are again, uh, pulling from other things and putting them together. I'm a fraud. That's what he said. <laughs> so. Just to... Uh, Remember when I told you, like, um, not everything's as it seems when he's writing? Yeah. So. And that's it. We did it, you guys. That's not it. We're not doing the one that's not on the track. I didn't write any notes for Famous Monsters or whatever. Oh, that's too bad. All right, go ahead. Track Here. 13, the bonus track that's not on the American version. It's Japanese. Yeah, but it's on Spotify. <laughs> I don't think Tab had ever even heard that when we first started dating. I was like, you call yourself a real fan. You could buy, I don't, you could buy the deluxe version of the CD with this in the States. Did they? Yeah. No. Well, I don't know this song as well. I do know it. Yeah, but, I don't know it as well either. So I don't have any opinions on it, really. I like it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that, another, like, let's commit this to memory. We did yeah. it. I hope you commit our thoughts on it to memory. Yeah. Commit it. Unless you didn't like our thoughts, then fuck off. We don't know shit. <clears throat> Are um, you ready for some weekly rewind? Not yet. Final wow. thoughts? Rating? It's a 10. 9.5. You never give anything a 10. It's a 10. <laughs> it's a fucking 10. 9.5 because it's not my favorite album of theirs. You know who his favorite album it is? Justice. Who's? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite album either. It's actually my third favorite, but it's still. What are your first two? I am and was and still obsessed with My Dinosaur Life, and then I Am the Movie, and then Commit This to Memory. Okay. Okay. And then oh. Even If It Kills Me. Even if it kills me, yeah. And then Panic Station, then Go. Oh, you put Go after Panic Stations. Yeah, I don't mind Panic Station. I find Go. I I barely ever go back to Go. You should give it. You should re revisit. Okay. It's it's aged well. I feel like I don't think I, it's a bad album. Don't get me wrong. It's just not one I listen to often. But I'll go back to it. Was that that was the only was that the one was that the album without Tony? Maybe that's why. Maybe the drums sucked. <laughs> you have weekly rewind, sir? I do. And I have one that's very controversial that I want to talk to you about. Give me a little give me a little hit me with a little sum. Uh oh. Woo, 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 weekly rewind. All right. Uh, so this past week, I watched Encanto, the new Disney movie. 
Mm. Animated by one David. Huh? Animated by David. Was it? Did he animate that one? He was on the team. I don't know what he did. (sighs) So there's a lot of great songs, but the one I really love is Surface Pressure. It's the big sister in the song. Just talking about how everything's on her back. Have you seen the movie? I have not. It's actually really good. I haven't seen a lot of the recent uh, Disney releases. It was made by someone our age, clearly, because the whole thing is about family issues and like your place in your family with olden ways versus new ways. And But it's beautiful. Are you looking for it? Oh. Oh, I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> I was looking for something else. Don't know. So Claudio, Claudio drummed on Panic Stations, not on Go. Ah, okay. You, you stupid. You're the one that said it. I didn't say anything about it. Um, right. Yeah, play it. Surface, Surface pressure. pressure. I just want to hear, go get into it. So. I'm the strong one. I'm not nervous. I'm as tough as the crust of the earth is. Hold on. I move mountains, I move churches, and I glow because I know what my worth is. I don't ask how hard the work is. Got a rough and destructible surface. Diamonds and platinum, I find I'm a platinum. I take what I'm handed, I break what's demanded. But under the surface, I feel the circus. A tightrope walker in a three ring circus. Under the surface, it was Hercules, never let <laughs> It's been a while since I've liked it. Well, it's not true. Moana had a really good soundtrack, but you're welcome. Really, to that soundtrack. Uh, there's a new song by The Word Alive and the LSD. I don't know if I got it right. Called Disconnected. I like. Um, there's a new song by The Smile. You will never work in television again. It's like this indie rock song that I'm loving. I'm guessing you don't want me to play any of these because you're saying them real fast. Yeah, don't worry about it. And then new saviors. Uh, it's sweet new metalcore song called Faking Fine. I think it's a female vocalist, or at least one of them. This song, I do want you to play, because this is not a recommend. This is a, I wanted to b- talk to you about it. Okay. Falling in Reverse, Zombified. So this is supposed to be uh, Ronnie Ratke's, like, it says on Genius that it's his apology. This is not an apology. This is about he's from the band Falling in Reverse. He's kind of a he was known for being a piece of shit. And he got canceled. And this is his song about being canceled. Here we go. Skip ahead a little. Say send your head! So I don't like falling in reverse and I don't really care at all about Ronnie Radke or whatever. 
But this doesn't sound like an apology. This is like someone whining that they got canceled for being yeah, a shithead ten years ago. Not at all. Huh? Yeah, that's, that's I'm just saying that's what it says on the thing. Uh, this is him deciding that he's going to start playing uh, far right v- events and stuff. This is him playing the victim for being a terrible person. I don't know. I just, I really, when I heard it, I was like, what? This is terrible. And comparing it to being zombified and everyone has to just not say anything because they're going to be in trouble for it. Hmm. Yeah. Like he's got, he's got a lyric in verse two of this. You better shut your mouth and bite your tongue because you don't want to piss off anyone. We're traumatized by damage done. Welcome to America. Okay, dude. You, like, I don't even know everything he did. I just know, like, every other person in this scene back then. He's not a very good person. Yeah. That is not a recommend. I know his name. I don't, I, and I knew he was in a band. That's all I could have told you. Yeah. Irrelevant. I just wanted to bring it up with you because it just came out and it's... Oh, that's very cringe. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's all the Weekly Rewind I have. A Disney song, some indie songs, a metalcore song, and a Radkey Radkey apology. (laughs) Have you... uh... Okay, so I got... uh, There's a new song um, by Billy Talent called Judged. I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it, so I didn't put it on the list, but... Well, sometimes I'm scraping but i liked it okay plus i i just like i like that they're uh i like the con it's like the song was like a was like a b plus but i love the lyrical content so i you know yeah okay maybe i'll give it another try have you heard this gotta say that i never saw this Wait, I know that voice. Don't you ever stop believing I'll be here. Is this The Injured List has a new song out called Doubt. And that sounds I awesome. Like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like halfway through. I was like, oh, my God, that's the Injured List. Yeah. Huh. Nathan? Yeah. No. Uh, it's got a. What do we want to like a space rock feel? And I'm not saying that as a, a diss. I want to say like. It 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 sounds like he's uh, it's it it has like a angels feel, but without like s- sounding like like not like he's copying them. Just like that's the closest thing you could yeah uh, uh, compare it to. I like it, and it's as always his vocals are great. So you should yeah give it a shot. Check it out. It's called Doubt. Maybe when sh- the world's back to normal, there'll be a. Injured list and uh, what's your band's name? I just drew a blank. Former the front, no, let's say the front bottoms. Front the bottoms. former critic. Yeah, a little tour, play some shows with them or something. I play with them. Yeah. 
Yep. No, it's just, it looks like it's just a single at this point, but yeah, that's I saw them hinting at it. I just never listened to it actually come out. Did you listen to the new weekend? Uh yeah. It was okay. It was fine, but I didn't like it enough to put it on my list. Same, same. Um, that that song with Aaliyah that he put out, uh, or whoever put out a few weeks ago, was pretty good though. I did like that. Their uh, voices complement each other pretty well. So that's all I got. That's all I got. We did it. Another one in the books. Committed to memory. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> all right. Thanks for it. listening to another episode of Beside Ourselves. It's time to flip the record over. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Chris Porter, and the outro music is by Former Critics.